Welcome, fellow goofballs, to Two Giant Goofballs, and New York Giants podcast. I am Drew. Unfortunately, not joined by Rob today. He's got to go pay those pesky bills again. But I'm going to go over with you folks here the upcoming Cowboy game here this uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, see how much uh, well, how much we can enjoy the turkey here, depending on how this game goes. Uh, also, going to give you guys an update as far as the the injuries overall to the rosters. There's a lot of them, so <laughs> buckle up for that one. It's going to be a long ride there. We're also going to have a discussion on why we hate Cowboy fans because. They just don't seem to get it. So we're going to explain it plain, blunt, and simple, as a Jersey boy tends to do. Stay tuned, folks. Welcome to Two Giant Goofballs, a New York Giants podcast. Are you a goofball that loves Giants football? If so, sit back and relax. Except you, that person driving. Sit up and keep your eyes on the road. Your ears, though, can still listen as we talk about the team that both excites and frustrates us so much. And now, and now, here are your goofball hosts, Drew and Rob. Welcome, fellow goofballs, Two Giant Goofballs, New York Giants podcast. So today, we're going to talk about the game upcoming in a few days here. So this Thanksgiving, the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants face off. It's a Thanksgiving tradition for the Cowboys and the Lions to play. Ironically, we have the Lions last week. We got the Cowboys this week. So we're going to be going down to Dallas for this one. And, of course, most people remember that the first game didn't really go too well for us. So, uh, But obviously, it's been some time since. That was back in week three. So we're going to do this a little different than we usually do, as opposed to giving you a rundown of kind of the, the players and the team since we already did that last time. Give you a quick rundown of what the Dallas Cowboys have been up to since we've last seen them. So those games here, the last after us, there was the uh, Commanders that came to town. Uh, they beat them 25 to 10. Then they had the Rams, beat them 22 to 10. Then they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the game we wish that was a tie for everybody there. Um, that was 26 to 17. At that point, Dak Prescott came back. So uh, that's when they're really the change of the guard, so to speak, back to the original quarterback there. So that first game was the Detroit Lions. We lost to last week, and they won 24-6. to Then they beat the Bears 49-29. to Then they lost to the Packers, who we beat earlier in the year there. That was 31-28. to And then, of course, last weekend, they absolutely just obliterated the Minnesota Vikings 40-3. to so I looked at the games and kind of looked like, what is it that was the difference maker between them winning and them losing? And the interesting thing was, regardless of who was the quarterback, of the three losses, there was one stat that was pretty obvious. So for the year, the Cowboy quarterbacks have thrown seven interceptions. In the losses they've had, and they've had three losses, same as us now. They've had six interceptions. So if you really want to beat the Cowboys, this is what you got to do is you got to intercept the ball. Uh, you know, the big one I looked at was the, uh, the the latest loss they had, which was to the Green Bay Packers. Dak Prescott was complaining there was miscommunication with the, the routes being run by the receivers, and that was the cause of the, uh, you know, of the interceptions there in the end is that the receivers basically just weren't where they were supposed to be. Uh, but either way, it seems like that's, that's the, the fix really to, to do that. Um, the running game has changed up a little bit as well. So Ezekiel Elliott, who we talked about there in the in the uh, the first game, as really being the lesser of the two running backs they have, 
Uh, he's been out for a little while, just got back last week. So Tony Pollard, who we mentioned there, was the, probably the better of the two, has been had a chance to show that he's actually the better of the two there. So Tony Pollard's averaging 5.9 yards a carry. And yet he's actually, even though Elliott was out for those three games, he's still got less carries than Ezekiel Elliott. So he's he's down 118 to 124 for the season, which is just maddening to me. You know, it's it's he's obviously the better player, but obviously Zeke's also getting paid all that money. So it seems like they're they're trying to give Zeke a chance because of that money. Um, but you know, last week when Elliott came back, he had 15 carries, 42 yards, the so 2.8 yard per yard per carry average there. So. I'm really, really hoping that they just keep on feeding the ball to Zeke because 2.8 yards of carry ain't doing too much, folks. Uh, you know, and that, that's not that necessarily that far off from where he's at for the for the year. Not to say he's had a horrible year, uh, you know, overall, but nowhere near the 5.9 that Powers got. He's got 3.9. You're talking a complete two yards of carry difference. I mean, that's that's a game changing kind of situation there. Um, the other thing I looked at was their you know, overall success on defense, you know, they, they've actually set an NFL record for most sacks this time of the year. Uh, I think it's 42 they're at right now overall. So obviously Micah Parsons leads them overall. He's got uh, 10 sacks in the season there. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong, it's got seven. Demarcus Lawrence, six. Dante Fowler Jr. also have a little bit of comeback season there with five. So, I mean, it's really, a, it's a mixed, um, you know, uh, pass rush coming from many different directions. And obviously, we haven't been the best at that all year long. I mean, that's that's the big issue we had there with week three. Evan Neal got destroyed all game long. Um, and, it, you know, it was one of those games where people started questioning even if he was going to be, you know, a good football player overall because it was just that bad at performance. But, you know, it's it's something that actually helped him, I think, because since then he looked a lot better. He, I think he kind of learned and they or they kind of learned even how to use him a little better. Uh, but obviously he's injured. We don't know what's going on with him for the game here. So let's go over that real quick here. The injuries that we got going on to this game here. So, gosh, this is a long list, guys. This is this is one of those that the list just seems to be going on and on and just growing and growing. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a good sign for a team that wants to come back from, you know, losing two of the last three games now at this point between the Seahawks lost and the Lions lost now. Um, and you know, even Monday, we had a walkthrough practice, and a lot of these players weren't able to make it. So the big loss we had coming out of that Detroit game, obviously, is Adore Jackson, who, you know, we all know hurt himself in that punt return. Uh, so he's got an MCL issue. He's out three to five weeks. So there's our top corner gone for the next month or so. Wandale Robinson, who has basically been our wide receiver too now, um, you know, just Darius Leighton really, I think, is up ahead of him in the depth chart overall. Um, he's got a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. He has the fourth rookie this year, folks, with a torn ACL. Fourth rookie. Think about that for a minute. That's just, you know, just absolutely insanity. I mean, brings us back to that turf issue. It's got to it's gotta get fixed. It's got to get fixed. Um, so Fabian Moreau, the second corner, who also left last week's game, uh, it was listed as a rib injury during the game here, but, you know, they're saying it's an oblique issue. So we don't know what's going to happen with him as far as this game. Um, you know, John Feliciano, neck injury. He didn't practice on Monday, and they said, and basically he was quoted as saying, I'm going to do everything I can to be out there Thursday. So read between the line, folks. That tells you, I want to play, 
I don't know what's going to happen. And when they don't know what's going to happen on a short week, that's not a good sign. So I'd, I'd be kind of shocked to see him. Uh, Tyree Phillips, neck injury, didn't practice. Uh, Josh Azudu, neck injury, didn't practice. Daniel Bellinger, you know, we all hope to have him back last week even with the eye injury, uh, still not practicing. And what happened actually just today is a really bad sign. So Nick Van Eck got signed to the practice squad at the tight end. Uh, Lawrence Cager got added to the active roster because he's already been added enough games from the practice squad that you can't just bump him up to the game. So they just added him to the active roster. Now, I expected them to do that eventually. I think Tanner Hudson is going to be the outside looking in. Um, but the fact that they did that end added a practice squad tight end, that just tells you that they don't expect Daniel Bellinger back this, this game, at least in my opinion. I mean, I've been wrong before, but I, I don't think I'm wrong in this one here, folks. Um, Richie James, um, me, did not practice, and it's up in the air, but he's going to be there Thursday. And this is, folks, you know, this is the guy that was supposed to be our punt returner all year long, end up returning the punts after Dory Jackson got hurt. So we're going to be down like our third punt returner. But now, if he's not playing, you got Richie James and Wandale Robinson both not playing. So you got Darius Slayton, Hodgins, Galladay, Sills. I mean, who else do you got at this point here? We're, we're running out of receivers. You know, for a, for a team that already had this as a huge weakness, it's scary to see even more of them and more of them keep going down. Uh, Evan Neal, we were hoping, obviously, to get him back here soon. Uh, it's kind of a game-time decision with that knee. He's limited to practice. Uh, Jason Pinnock, jaw injury, also limited to practice, game-time decision. Uh, Zizo Jolari, who obviously hasn't played in quite a while here, uh, he's also uh, not going to play from everything I'm hearing. Obviously, Xavier McKinney still out this, this third game out. He was put in the IR, so he's also going to be out next week, and we'll kind of play it by ear over there. Um, and then uh, Shane Lemieux was just uh, diagnosed with uh, just a crappy game. I mean, that's, that's somebody who might have to play this week, depending on what happens with the rest of this line. But whew, that is like a guy that I don't want to even see in the field anymore at this point. Um, but... You know, as I said, this is one of those games that I just don't, I didn't, I'm looking for a ray of optimism here. And I'm looking for a way to go, okay, we can get this. So, you know, I'm looking at, again, I'm looking at what happened to the losses for the Cowboys. What kind of chance do we have against these guys? So, like I said, the, the big thing on, on defense for us is we have to get interceptions. And we all know that's been an issue all year long. We got two interceptions all year. Julian Love dropped one this past week, even. You know, and he's had a great game, so a great, I'm sorry, a great season. So I'm not trying to knock him overall, but that should have been an interception he had. Just don't don't jump up for it. Just just use your hands, guys. That's what it's there for. Um, but we got to do that. This we got to get around this, and and I don't know if they have to do more hand drills with the secondary or whatever they have to do because it's it's something that's played this all year long here, and and now we're like I said we're facing a team that the recipe to beat them is there. And you have to intercept the quarterback. And we're going to be without our top corner, possibly without our, our, our second corner. We're going to be without our one of our safeties. And so potentially three out of the four secondary starters are all going to be out of this game. And the key to victory is get interceptions. Like That's just that's not a good mix there, folks. Um, the second key is stopping one thing that Dallas has been very good all year long on. And that's stopping the offenses on third down. 
So they're allowing only a 35% third down conversion rate. 35%. That means two-thirds of the time, they're getting off the field. That's 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 a huge win for them to get. So, you know, I, I think the key is going to be here is that we're going to have to run the ball well those first couple of downs to get those short third down conversions. And, you know, it's something we tried to do against the Lions. Didn't work very well. You know, it's something we tried to do against the Seahawks. Didn't work very well. So, you know, it's, it's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on as the season goes, because, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, Bobby Skinner uh, of Talking Giants had mentioned, and he brings up a great point, is Barkley has gone a little bit downhill the last five games. So, you know, he started off the first five games, obviously, on fire, MVP caliber, and he's still an MVP cal- caliber uh, talent overall, and he's still an MVP, uh, in, you know, possibility there. But so first five games, 97 rushes, 533 yards, 5.5 yards of carry, 18 catches, 143 yards, 28.6 yards per reception. Last five, 116 yards, 420 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. So it's gone down almost two yards per carry. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's huge. You know, a lot of that is those, those, Stops that he's had for, you know, negative one, negative two yards, stopped for the line of scrimmage. He saw that all day long last week, all day long. And that's what made his percentage so low there. Um, 13 catches, 67 yards, 13.4 yards per reception. So his yards per reception also has gone half to what it was. So, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's really to keep an eye on, but it's also said to go, Wait a minute, we got to change this up and we got to stop doing what we've been doing. And I think part of that is you got to get Matt Brady more involved. I think, I think, honestly, I think Barkley's just been used so much. It's, he's getting a little wear and tear on the body there. He's getting a little tired. And that's, that's not a knock on him. I mean, you can't go that many, you know, that many times rushing the ball and that many times getting hit without feeling it. And obviously, we knew he had the shoulder injury for a little while. Um, so, you know, Matt Breda has got to get the opportunity to step up a little more and help him out. And he has. That's the weird thing about it. It's not like Matt Breda has been a bum all year long. He's been playing pretty well. So, yeah, I want to see him get more touches. I want to see Barkley get a little more rest. But I also want to see Barkley get more use in the passing game there. You know, one way to take the, the hits away from him is hit him in the flat. You know, get him the chance where he's already three yards, you know, downfield. And has a chance to, if he's a little more open, get some open field there and do his thing. Because we all know that's where Barkley succeeds. That's where Barkley is at his best when it's open field. So, you know, uh, obviously, I've, if I know this, my Kafka knows this. So, you know, I think it's going to be something you're going to see changing up pretty soon. If not, that's not going to be a good sign for the Giants, the way, the way, like I said, things are going lately there. But, you know, at... Another thing to watch out for with us is can we stop the uh, turnovers as well? You know, we talked about interceptions being key to beating the Cowboys. Part of it also is, is us not getting the interceptions. So Daniel Jones has just been amazing this year as far as, you know, ball protection, you know, not throwing it away, not fumbling it, you know, really eliminating those turnovers. And he was leading the NFL in pass attempts since his last interception before last week. But then he had two. 
You know, it's it's one of those games that, like I said, everything just went wrong for us there, that last one there. So I'm willing to call it a fluke, and I'm willing to say that it's not going to happen again. Uh, you know, not to say it won't be intercepted ever again. Obviously, that's going to happen time to time there. But a, a two-game, a two-interception game like that is just not something that you want from a starting quarterback because it's, it's, it's hard to win. And obviously, we didn't win this one. And, you know, the, the 14 points they got off those interceptions were you know, a big reason why we didn't win. Um, but, you know, I want to see this passing game more active. I want to see, it, you know, like I said, be a chance to utilize Barkley that way, give a little more of a rest. Uh, it's also because it's something they're not expecting from us. You know, part of the reason Barkley's been hurt so hurting so much in, in you know, his yardage per carry is they're just stacking the box. They're begging us to throw the ball. Because let's be honest, folks, they know we have no one to throw it to. Who are we doing? Slayton? Galladay? How many drops have we seen him do? How many drops has Slayton done all year long, even for that matter? And I like Slayton, but he's not a number one. Um, you know, Hodgins, who we picked up off the streets a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's just, that's not the guy that you want to be counting on. You know, we, we saw it, you know, in the, with the fumble against the Lions even. He's just, he's not that good a player. And it's not to say he's crud, but he's not the guy that should be like your third receiver that's on the field all the time. And that's what the position he's in right now, where it's going to be Slate, it's going to be Galladay, and it's going to be Hodgins as your top three. And that's not something that's going to fear any defense whatsoever. You know, and keep in mind that, you know, Dallas has got a pretty good corner there. I mean, I think he's a little overrated, but. You know, you could put him on Slayton. And now who you get thrown to if he if he has a good game. So again, not to sound so negative about it, but you know, I, I'm hoping for a Christmas miracle on Thanksgiving here, folks. I really am because I, I I honestly just don't see it happening. Um, I know Rob said the same thing; he doesn't see it happening either. So we're both on the same page as that. To be honest, I said we're to be massacred like a turkey here. Uh, he says that he thinks we'll just lose overall, but. Doesn't think it's to be that bad of a loss necessarily, but like I said, to me, the injuries are stacking up. You know, we got scrubs off the streets playing now at this point for us, and as good of a year as Dables having coaching this team up, it gets to the point where you already were, you know, the the worst roster of the two of most of these games we've been going into. We're winning because of the coaching, but that roster keeps getting worse and worse as the injuries keep piling up. So, you know, it's one of those things that I think is going to catch up to us. I, and, I, and I really do hope I'm wrong, obviously. And I hope that, you know, we continue to have the kind of season we've been having because this has been a fun ride so far this year. But, you know, I, I think I think we need to prepare ourselves for the potential of going, oh, you know what, these injuries are just stacked up. And, you know, we've already exceeded expectations and we're playing with house money and kind of go into that kind of mentality. Because, you know, if, if I had told you seven and three to start the season here, you know, a lot of people had us under seven wins for the entire year. I mean, I had us at nine wins, what I thought. And I and I, I still think that's a possibility, as much as I hate to say it right now with all the injuries we have. But, you know, at, at a minimum that. But, you know, it's at this point, we unfortunately, we, we lost to a team we should have beat. And now we're facing a team that has a better roster than us. We got to hope for turnovers. We got to hope for coaching mistakes. Uh, we got to hope for key penalties too, because this is a team that gets penalized pretty often as well. And we got to hope the short, you know, short third down conversions at that point that we can go ahead and, and you know produce on, because that's key. So let's get into the games a little bit as far as what we think is going to happen, you know, this Thanksgiving here. 
Now, it's time for Goofballs Picking Football Scores. Let's see what they think about the games going on this week. So, obviously, first, our game here. So, the Giants are eight point, um, given eight points there against the Cowboys. and got a 43.5 point spread. I got the Cowboys winning outright. I, I definitely got the over as well. And honestly, I think it's because if we have three out of the four starters in our, in our secondary out, then they're going to light it up on us, folks. It's going to be one of those things where, you know, break out the eggnog, break out the whiskey, break out the rum, the coquito. You know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, it's going to be a bad game potentially for us here. You know, Rob, though, has the Cowboys winning still, but he thinks the Giants will cover the spread. He thinks it'll be a very close game. And I'll be happy to see that. That's for sure. He's also got the uh, the over as well, though. So we're both on the same page there. You know, the. uh Buffalo Bills playing the Detroit Lions who beat us there last weekend. So the Lions are getting nine nine and a half points here. Got a fifty two and a half point spread. So I got the uh, the Bills to win, and I'm picking the over. And I do think they're going to cover that kind of spread. I think the Bills are going to go in a little mini tear here after losing a couple games. Sometimes you lose a couple games, you get kind of uh, embarrassed like they did uh, against the Vikings. Not that they got spanked by the Vikings, but they were embarrassed by the loss. You know, it, it, sometimes it just kind of puts it's a little fire under you there, you know? Rob's got the Bills to win as well. He thinks that the Lions will cover the spread. He also has the over as well. Um, a third game, we got the New England Patriots uh, playing those Minnesota Vikings we talked about a second ago. So the uh, the Patriots are only getting three points. And did anybody see the game with the Patriots last week against the fellow New York team, the Jets? Talk about an abysmal, boring game. So for those who didn't see that one, literally it was three to three. Each team scored one field goal the entire game. Talk about an over under. <laughs> Nobody would ever laugh back. They'd be like, nah, close. Like, imagine just, you know, why over under, I don't know, uh, 15. But it's like they, uh, so they, they play at the very end of the game that the Patriots get a punt return for a touchdown. And they won the game on that punt return right towards the end of the game there. And that's just what a win for them. A great way to win a game. It's fun for a team to win like that. But what a cruddy game. And then obviously Zach Wilson made it worse by, you know, saying he didn't let the team down. Obviously, if you score three points, you did. I mean, they they did the math. The Jets literally uh, got 2.8 inches per play in the second half. That's how abysmal their offense was. But yeah, so the Patriots, like I said, they're 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 they got three points given to them against the Vikings over under forty two and a half. Both Rob and I see this as the Vikings winning outright, covering the spread, and uh, being under on the points as well, just because of last week and how little points the Patriots scored there. And obviously, the Patriots got a good defense, and we all know that uh, the Vikings don't necessarily do best when they're on the main stage. And this is what this is. This is the main stage, the same as the were last week. So. You know, like I said, that would be a low-scoring game, I think. And we got that, like I said, both the same. So so one thing I want to kind of go over this week, too, as well, because it's been kind of an interesting discussion. So uh, it's been a lot of uh, Giants groups and everything and a lot of uh, football groups overall talking about, you know, the Cowboys and their their fans. And, you know, the, the Cowboy fans just basically talking trash, going, oh, they hate us because we have five ranks. I want to clarify something in case any Cowboy fans are listening in. 
we don't hate you because you have five rings. We hate you because you think you won the last five rings. You haven't won a damn thing in 27 years. 27 years. You get an entire generation of fans, including most of the ones talking trash on social media, that have never seen a championship. They've never seen any deep playoff run, let alone a Super Bowl victory. So... I'll say this to any Cowboy fans that are listening as well. Have a little humility. Because you guys win every single year in the regular season. I'll give you that. Every every regular season, pretty much, you have a decent regular season. Well, you get in the playoffs a lot of times. You win the division a decent amount. But that don't mean a damn thing if you don't win the Super Bowl. That's the goal. The goal is not winning the division. The goal is not getting in the playoffs. The goal is to win the playoffs to win the Super Bowl, to get that banner thrown up at that stadium. And Cowboy fans, you haven't seen that in forever. And the way your team is playing right now, I still don't think you're going to see it. So a little humility there because the Giants, we've gotten to three Super Bowls, one, two, into this millennium here. So since we've gone to the 2000s, the Eagles, I've gone to two Super Bowls and won one. See, even the Eagles. We all know their fans talk a lot of trash. You guys have the ability, if you're an Eagle fan listening, you guys can talk some trash. Because you've been to two Super Bowls in this millennium here. So you've been to almost 10% of the Super Bowls. Cowboy fans haven't been to one. Commanders, we can't hate you guys. You guys are real fans. You guys had a rough go, and you guys don't really talk any trash. So we won't get to you guys like that. But Dallas fans, win a ring, shut up. Because the whole entire country of football fans is sick and tired of hearing you guys. Until you win, you cannot talk trash. That's how this goes. You have to earn that right. And you guys haven't earned it. You lost that right when it was decades past since you won a damn thing. So that that's it for this episode, folks. I want to thank everybody listening. Uh, obviously, uh, we'll have uh, Rob here regularly scheduled on the next episode as well. For those who missed them, feel free to go in the comments section. Give us a nice little review. They say, I miss Rob. <laughs> and like I said, we'll have him on there for the post game. Hopefully it's a little more happy than I expect here. And we pull sudden out here that was kind of unexpected there. Um, and again, as always, of course, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on social media. Uh, it's on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're at two giant goofballs. That's two, the word. I'm sorry, two, the number, not the word. Uh, and we appreciate you guys taking the time out listening to us there. Thank you very much. And go G-Men! Thanks for listening to Two Giant Goofballs, a New York Giants podcast. We appreciate your support. If you made it this long, you must have enjoyed it. So I am sure you have followed us on all the social media platforms. Of course, you have subscribed to the show on your favorite app as well and given us a top rating. Right? 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 Right?